There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday podcast. I'm going to divert slightly from the norm. And uh, Lord willing, we'll get back to where we need to be as far as in the doctrine of the book of Psalms. But I'd like to just address an issue uh, that comes up so many times in ministry. And I know that many that tune in, many of you have told us they listen on their way to work uh, every day. Some listen on their way home from work every day. Others listen to it at their home. We've had several folks uh, that have told us they listen every day or at some point they download the podcast and listen. So usually within the first week, Um, of the podcast being uploaded. Within the first week, we usually double the number of downloads. And by the second week, we usually max out. Most people don't go back and re-listen. And so uh, as this is fresh on my mind and on my heart, I want to go ahead and just deal with this issue that's at hand. It's a matter concerning the hearing of the Word of God. There's a lot of reasons why people assemble themselves together. And I wouldn't begin to even try to take a stab at the hundreds of motives people have of why they would attend church, lost or saved, whether it be tradition or family or pressure or to ease their conscience and those that truly desire to be in the house of God, those that don't want to forsake the assembly themselves together. I know in my life has been a time when the excitement of what was going on in the house of God has been so great that you just couldn't wait to get back to the house of God to hear the preaching of the word of God. As we're in revival this week in Oxford, North Carolina, I'm reminded again of uh, the people's motives that would come to the house of God. And we see uh, widowed ladies that have been coming every night this week and they need help from God. And we see those that have lost other loved ones that are in grief and in hurt and in sorrow, and uh, they need help from God. We've seen families that have been torn apart. We've seen newlyweds that uh, need the help of God. We've seen children need the help of God. Young people today certainly need the help of God. And so what does it take to truly bring what we call revival today? And I want to look at Ephesians 3 for the answer to that. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9, he says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, we often talk about that mystery, and here we're dealing with a mystery, and this mystery is concerning the church. And so we see that God has given us a truth that to now has not been explained. That's what the mystery is, but God is going to tell us what that mystery is. And so he's going to reveal that through the word of God. This mystery has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. And then in verse 10, he says, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose, 
which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. And so again, we see one of the purposes that is purposed in God. In this case, it's purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, as it to the intent that now are the principalities and powers in heavenly places. It doesn't say on earth. It doesn't say in the heart of the earth. It doesn't say in the face of the deep. No, it says in heavenly places. Might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I find it interesting that when you talk to people about what the church is, uh, what the purpose of the church is, uh, what the effect of the church ought to be, you'll find so many different answers out there. But the reality of truth is that God has purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord that the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. God uses that called out assembly of believers and God uses them that he might manifest himself in the church. And this is a purpose which was purposed in Jesus Christ. And so the church needs to be a part of that purpose. It's not a daycare. It's not romper room. It's not for children's ministries. And although children's ministries are not a bad thing, it's not for music ministry. And we have it backwards today. We're in a day when it seems like men put the needs of people ahead of the needs of God. And they do things for the benefit of people rather for the glory of God. It's not wrong to have music. It's not wrong to have children's ministry. It's not wrong to have ministry for the senior saints or ministry for the homeless. But do those things are secondary to the ministry that's purposed in Jesus Christ. And that's that by the church, the manifold wisdom of God may be known. How does God make the manifold wisdom of God known? When that church is called out and assembles themselves together, they separate themselves unto Jesus Christ. And when they separate themselves unto Jesus Christ, then the world can look and say, wow, it's a marvel what goes on in the church. And then the neighbors that we have, our family members can say, wow, what a marvel that goes on in the church. And then more so, the principalities and powers in heavenly places now see the manifold wisdom of God. It was the wisdom of God that purposed that there would be a church. This was hid in God. Now he's revealed it to us. The church has been from the beginning, but it's been hid with God. And now it's been made manifest to us. And so we that are part of this church, in this church age, well, our purpose that's purposed upon the earth as that to principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known the manifold wisdom of God. He said in verse 19 of Hebrews 10, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, and so knowing that Jesus Christ is a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And so again, we come to that high priest, we draw near to him, not nigh unto him. We come with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
believing God, believing what God has said, knowing that the faith of Jesus Christ has settled us and made us new creatures and that we have, without doubt, we have this salvation which is purposed in Jesus Christ, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. What is that profession of our faith? It's the full assurance of faith. A lot of people say their professions when they repeated the prayer, or their professions when they went through the motions, their professions when they went down to the water tank. No, a profession of faith is when our heart receives the full assurance of faith. It's not when our lips spake, it's when our heart believed under righteousness. It's when our heart believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he gave us assurance. Mommy didn't give me assurance. Daddy didn't give me assurance. Pastor didn't give me assurance. Teacher didn't give me assurance. But the Word of God gave me assurance according to the Word of God. That's the profession of faith that I hold to without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We come and assemble ourselves in the house of God. We provoke one another to love. We provoke one another to good works. And we do that at the house of God. Why? That, again, the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. And then he gives us this command, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. And so again, the command is given to us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. A dear brother, missionary friend of ours years ago expounded on that fact of what the assembly is. And he talks about the assembly is when all the components are in place and the pieces are together. Can I say on this wise, when the gifts that are given to those in the church come together corporately and of one mind and of one heart, and they come together and those pieces work together, it's edifying to the body. We provoke one another to love. We provoke one another to good works. And we do that in the assembly of the believer in the house of God. We come knowing we have that full assurance of faith, which is in Jesus Christ. That's the wisdom that God has given the church. So what's changed today? Why in 2022 is it churches put ministry first and everything else is secondary? Can I say if these truths were self-evidenced, that ministry would certainly follow a pattern established by the word of God Ministry would take a back seat to the Word of God. Everything would hinge on these commands and these instructions and these precepts, and we would see a difference in the church. But here's what's happened today. Men say, well, we need to reach people. You realize that truth is the only way to reach people. Outreach does not work without truth. Door knocking does not work without truth. Music programs do not work without truth. Yeah, you may reach them as far as their attendance, them warming a pew, but as far as reaching them with the truth of the word of God and the inward parts that they too might receive the full assurance of faith, it has no effect upon them. It's been often said, if you reach people with carnal devices, you'll have to keep people with carnal devices. And so if you use 
the ministry of carnality to outreach to people and people do come and join the church, you'll have to use the ministry of carnality to continue with those people. Why? Because there's no assurance of faith. So what is God's plan? The vehicle he uses is the church. There's wisdom in the church. It's the pillar and ground of the truth. Truth is the only thing that matters in the church. Today, with buildings and massive buildings, some places, and huge finances and budgets and payrolls, uh, the pastor is more of a CEO than he is a bishop. He's more of a CEO than he is an elder. Yet the Word of God clearly tells us that that man that is a bishop or an elder in the church, that's the two titles God has given men such as that, when he speaks to the elders that are at Ephesus, it doesn't mean there were multiple elders in the church. There were multiple churches at Ephesus. And he's writing to those elders, those men that are qualified to be elders, those men that lead the church, those men that guide the church. What is their purpose? It's not to make sure the bills are paid. Their purpose is to make sure the doctrine is sound. It's not to make, make sure that the children's program has plenty of uh, soda pop for the Friday night festival. No, it's purpose that the word of God goes forth and that those children are equipped with the word of God long before the soda man shows up. We're backwards today. We're completely turned around today. The church is being led by the carnal things rather than the godly things, and the godly things cannot catch up with the carnal things things, for to be carnally minded is enmity with God. If that's the pattern, most churches today are in enmity with God. They're not pleasing God. There's no truth. The truth is not self-evidence. It's a self-pleasing generation. It's a self-pleasing motive. And by the way, church growth is a marvelous thing when it's done in a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. But it's a sorrowful thing when it's done in carnal devices. And my friend, today, it's not how many doors you knock. It's not how much outreach you have. It's simply a matter of, is the truth being proclaimed? Do we understand the times to reach men with the gospel? Are we willing to invest in the lives of people? Invest in our neighbors, invest in our families, invest in the people we know. Are we willing to take the time to invest the gospel in them that through the church, they also might see the manifold wisdom of God and they would see the church as a pillar. They would see the church as the ground of the truth. They would see the church self-evidence that this is where the power of God is. And there's no place on earth that I'll find power with God except at the church house. Why? Because the word of God is being preached. The word of God is being expounded. And my friend, I've sat through prayer meetings that didn't have one ounce of spirituality. I sat through announcements that didn't have one spiritual announcement. I've endured weeks oftentimes of meetings where the concern is how many people come and what are we doing to feed the masses and what are we doing to entertain the masses and no concern over the power of God being evidence in the services. And my friend, we need the power of God and I can't force it and no pastor can force it and no evangelist can force it. But I believe, my friend, if our mindset would be right, if we'd repent of the carnal things that we fostered and called them Jesus Christ, 
I believe God will return us again unto himself. I believe we can see that move of God. I believe we can see the power of God return. And all that people would understand that it's the church that reveals Jesus Christ. And the mission of the church is the mission not to reach people. It's to glorify Jesus Christ. But when we glorify Jesus Christ, it will reach people. Yet we are in a day when we get it so backwards. Everything that's carnal, our carnal ideas and our carnal thinking, our carnal mindset comes first. And then the power of God is secondary to those things. Might we repent? And my friend, would you repent? Would you be willing to say, you know, it's not about me. I'm going to put aside my differences. I'm going to take those weights and those sins that so easily beset me and lay them aside. My bitterness with my pastor, my bitterness with my neighbor, the bitterness with the other church members, those little strifes and bickerings over things that are just carnal, they don't matter. I'm willing to put them aside. I'm willing to seek the power of God. I'm willing to find out what God desires for me and for my family. That when we go to the house of God, we'll see evidence of the power of God in the house of God and a stirring within hearts in the word of God. Oh, what a difference it makes. Would you pray for that? With this evangelist, would you see God's face to see the power of God manifested not in carnal ways, but in the spiritual? We'd see re true revival in the inward parts. Jesus Christ, again, would make the difference. Listen, I'm not looking for a nationwide revival. I'm not going to revive the Biden administration. I couldn't revive the Trump administration. I certainly couldn't revive the Obama administration. It's not about who's in office. It's about who is in control of all things. It's not about who we elect. It's in who we submit ourselves to. And might I say, and I'm not looking for a nationwide revival, i just like to see some of God's people turn from their carnal ways and turn from their carnal desires and forsake those carnal things that have fostered them so long and seek God's face and seek what God has in store. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. He said, I will heal their land. Would you turn? Would you seek God's face? Would you join this evangelist, not just in prayer for this nation, but in prayer one for another, that we would see the mighty power of God evidenced in a work of God? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up 
for your redemption calleth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 